Thanks for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. Hey, good morning, everyone. How are you? Doing well. It's good. It's good to see you all. I'm looking forward to getting into this series, uh, mainly because I've always seen myself as insignificant and uh, had this struggle over and over again, nearly the whole life of going, well, what, what could God do through me? I know He's impressive, but if I were to do that, what impact would it even make? That anything that, surely, anything that I would do for Him or anything that I could do family or work or wherever it would, whatever it was that I was going to do would be inconsequential compared to what others could do or what God could do in another setting. And yet constantly throughout scripture we see that he says that if you would just be faithful with the small things that are in front of you and faithful with the things that I've put in your hands, well let him be the one that's responsible for the big outcome. If we just focus on what is there for us right now. That's why I want to start in Zechariah. Uh, this morning, Zechariah 4.10, unless you know exactly where it is in the Bible, you will probably struggle to open to it. Uh, It's hidden in there. Uh, It's quite small, but this is what God says to him in uh, chapter 4, verse 10. It says, do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Do not despise the small beginnings. Now, let me give you some context here. Zechariah is coming back out of exile, back to Jerusalem, back to Israel. In fact, for about 70 years, they've, the, the Jewish people had been captive in Babylon, uh, taken away from it, and now he's coming back, and Zechariah's coming back as a priest, he's coming back as a, uh, one of the leaders of the people of God, and God is about to com- or has commissioned him to do something <laughs> that is difficult. And... Uh, with looking at what God is saying to him, what he's saying to us is that it's the starting of this thing that's going to be difficult and uncomfortable, and God is warning him not to do exactly what Zechariah and the people of God were likely to do, which is despise it, <laughs> was to be annoyed. In fact, if you read uh, the rest of the story, you see those that had the memory of what it used to be like were upset about what it currently was. They were upset even after rebuilding it because it wasn't like what it used to be like. And so God kind of gets up in the front end of this and says, hey, just letting, just, just whatever is about to happen, what I wanna do through you, what I wanna form as and start a new foundation for what is to come and send a message of Jesus to come, don't despise this small beginning because there's something in it that you are unaware of, that I'm aware of, that you will not gain hold of, you'll not ever see the fulfillment of if you start despising it in the beginning. Anyway, what he was commissioned to do was rebuild the temple, rebuild Jerusalem and essentially all of uh, Israel as well. But it had all been demolished. It had been burnt down by the invading forces. It was a mess. And so returning to their homeland was quite discouraging. And there's a lot, it's a big task to build. Now put yourself in his shoes for a second. Uh, Because you just go, come on, he's in the Bible, surely he should have been a big man of faith, in which he was, but why why would he need that reminder? Well, in in his shoes, if you can think about it, is that you're returning to a place that is absolutely decimated and you are broke. 
<laughs> you've got nothing. There is no like there is no government aid pouring out to re-stimulate the economy in Israel at this time. Uh, that there are no architects, they're all in the captivity. There's no tradespeople, they're all still in captivity and every now and then getting released. There is no trade agreement set up with any neighbouring countries because you've been missing for 70 years, those relationships are gone. There is no import, export, there is no nothing to deal with. There is nothing to offer any other nation to come and do it for you. And so here you are standing where this temple has been decimated and you've been commissioned by God, let's build this again. And you're there going, with what? I've heard the stories that it was quite beautiful and it was quite remarkable and it was quite impressive. I can't buy any of that stuff. I can't go grab any of the stuff. I can't have it. It's not just rocking up on my door. There's no ships running up to sea. There's no, no one's coming here to do this. This is difficult. And in that moment, you can understand why God is kind of getting on the front end and kind of going, yeah, I know what I'm asking you to do. Just by the way, uh, little Zeki, Tap him on the shoulder going, just don't, don't despise these small beginnings. Don't despise, because there's something in them that I want you to grab hold of. And, and it's that, in fact, the beginnings that are important because the beginnings set up the middle, which lead to the end. So don't despise these small beginnings. And, uh, and I think God knows something about it, about small beginnings here that we've, we learn intuitively, don't we, about small beginnings, is, is that small beginnings are despisable. They're so despisable, they're difficult, they're fragile, aren't they? You think of anything that is, is worthwhile to start, is a new relationship is fragile. The whole, do they like me, do they not? What does that mean, did I text too much, did I not text enough, how early, how quick, like this, it's fragile. If you've been together for years, that thought has not crossed your mind for a while. Have I texted them enough? You're like, I don't know, I'd, probably, doesn't matter. I'll see him later. But in the beginning, it's, <gasps> everything is a heart flutter. You start a new job and your resume overpromised. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh great, you should know how to do this. And you're like, well, that is difficult because that's not what I've done before. And yet it's difficult. You, you step out and try to do something for God and you're like, I'm not, I've never really done this before. It, it's kind of, there's, there's some frailty about it, isn't it? There's that kind of excitement and then filled with doubt straight away. If you've started a new business, it's exciting. Finally, you're not working for the man, but now you've got to do his job and your job. <laughs> Turns out you were no good at his job. You just liked your job <laughs> for a lot of people. It, it's difficult. Customers don't just rock up. And so the beginnings, particularly small beginnings, they, they can easily be despisable. And God here is saying, hey, just don't despise them. This is an encouragement for those of you who's uh, uh, taken that step of faith into like starting new small groups that we might see more people in our city made uh, as disciples. Is that you, you kind of step out and what, two people turn up and you're like, oh, well, let me give you some encouragement. They are called small groups, not really big groups. It fits perfectly the definition and great opportunity to, to really build in the relationship and that discipleship to start on a great foundation. But it's easy to despise small beginnings. It's easy to look at what God is starting within you and where he's placing you and being like, well, this is, this is tough. And not just the beginning of things, just small things that we, we tend to despise going, well, I'm not good enough, I'm not big enough, I'm not 
pretty enough, whatever, I'm not, not talented enough, and, and if I were to do anything, would it make any difference anyway? So it would be better if I just, it'd be more comfortable to not do anything, wouldn't it? I'd sit back and just going, well, let God take the wheel, isn't that what we say? He takes the wheel, I sit in the back seat. Just small things we tend to despise more than, this, than we should. But if we do despise them, we'll likely miss the valuable and the hidden things that are only in the beginnings. And we'll get to that in a little bit this morning as well. So God values small beginnings. Honestly, through, if you read the Bible enough, you, you find out he seems obsessed with them. <laughs> Is anything that starts small, anything, Paul says that he uses the things that the world finds foolish to shame those that think they're wise. He picks the small to kind of show that, hang on, it's not about your bigness, it's about my bigness. He seems obsessed, he starts everything. Think about how we are created in the microscopic and yet it continues to form and grow from there into well, who we are now. And not only us, that this, is, this was God's method into bringing Jesus into the world as well. Stepping out of glory, out of heaven, out of, out of his whole like, deity to step into a very frail, small world. And not just that, he didn't descend on a cloud as a warrior with a flaming sword. He started microscopic like the rest of us, knitted together in a mother's womb. Oh, this... He seems obsessed with all of these things. Even if you look, Jesus kind of makes the same point as we see in the series opener about the mustard seed size of faith that moves mountains in Matthew 17. It says, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. I don't know about you, I, I, I knew this, I grew up in like Christian home and on long um, road trips, I'd try this verse out all the time. To start feeling car sick, you're like, you know what would be easier and quicker is if that mountain got out of the way. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, Matthew, did you just say mustard seed? I've got more than mustard seed. I've seen people healed. I've prayed for people that have been healed. That's fine. Hey, mountain, get out of the way. And just going, oh, didn't work. Turns out God put that mountain there on purpose. He liked that one. But, <laughs> but there's other ones. But here he's saying, hey, it's the faith the size of a mustard seed, which is quite a small mustard seed. Now, there are seeds that are a lot bigger. And actually more impressive, there's a certain one that's a kind of tropical seed. It can weigh up to 18 to 20 kilograms. You look at it, it is like a medicine ball, like a football size. And when you see that, you can go, I can see something substantial coming from that. That is an impressive seed. That is not the seeds they put on top of your muffins. <laughs> Sprinkle the little pot. No, like it's, it's a big thing. And there are a lot of different types of Things that you look at and go, well, I know what's going to come from that because of the size, because I know what comes at the end. But Jesus on purpose picks something that was, well, at the time it was the smallest one that they knew of. It's still one of the smallest that, that we have today that doesn't look like it has anything substantial in it. It doesn't look like it's going to, to grow into anything significant. Something you could just put on a muffin, something you could just throw out and trample under feet and it wouldn't make a big impact. But Jesus picks it on purpose to say, hey, just the faith is something so small. Come on, it can do something great. Essentially what he's pointing out here is going, it is not the size that matters, it is the quality. It's not the size that matters, it's the potential within it that matters. And here he's talking about our oh, faith in God. He's saying, hey, it doesn't even matter how much faith you have in God. What the object of your focus is, is God. And in Him there is something significant. 
In him, he can move mountains. In, in what your faith has access to, that is the thing of quality. That is the thing that is the miraculous. Not, not how much, not in abundance, but it has a small beginning. So these things are easily despisable for us, but come on, we are told not to despise the small. We are not, we're told not to despise the beginnings. And honestly, I believe that many people here today and, and really in the church around the world that we're just uncomfortable to move into what God has for us. We are uncomfortable or unwilling to take that step into maybe the next thing that God has for us to do, for us to, to become. We have kind of found our spot and we're, we're comfy. And really it's because while well, moving into a new beginning is uncomfortable. It's difficult, there's frailty. There is a cost involved in new beginnings. As Zechariah found out, starting a new city from scratch is costly. It's gonna cost him money, it's gonna cost him time and effort and he's going to have to build relationships and some of them are gonna stab him in the back and they're going to turn on him and they're gonna run away and this happens to us all in these new beginnings. We go, well, you know what? I'd rather stay in the middle of an old season than step into the new one that's coming ahead because, well, it's uncomfortable. It's difficult. And may, let's be honest, most of us think that it's inconsequential if I do it or not. That what God has for us next, church, and what God has for each one of you, come on, don't resist where He's leading us into because of the unknown and the uncertainty about it. For a few years now, our society has given us an excuse of to rest and sit. And it's nearly become a virtue, hasn't it? I've just oh no, this is me, I'm staying here, I'm just not. But let me remind you, if God is calling you into a new beginning, it is time to move. And I hope that today, maybe God might use today as an alarm clock to wake up His people who is going, come on, it is time to wake up from a slumber. It is time to wake up from, from just sitting and relaxing. We've relaxed, I'm working on your soul. But come on, there is healing in the movement, not in the stagnation. That there is growth when we start pressing forward and the Kingdom of God is advancing. But come on, His church can't be sitting back, spectating the advancement. He says, you are on the front lines of my advancement. This is, we are moving forward. I hope that this is an alarm clock for us. Oh, if you are beginning and you're being faithful and it's a struggle, I want this today to be an encouragement to you that don't despise the small beginnings just because they're small. In fact, it is God who is the master of the big, not us. And so often I think we want to impress God with what the big things we can do are, whereas He's just asking us, would you be faithful with what you have right now and let me show you the big? Let him put his bigness into our small, or you probably know the saying, let him put the super into our natural. Too often we get this the wrong way around, going, well, if I can't be God to you and for you, well, is it worth it? No, it is 100% worth it. We do our role and let him come and show us who he really is. And if we can find the joy in small beginnings, in the monotonous moments, you know those just repetitive, faith-filled, sowing kind of a life. If we can find the joy there, I believe, I'm confident that we will see God come and fulfill and come and bring the big, something substantial off the back of our mustard seed moments. That it's in Him that we find the growth. It's in Him that we find the miracles. It's in Him that we find the breakthroughs we're believing for when we are faithful 
in the mustard seed moments of our life. So here are a couple thoughts around our small beginnings and our mustard seeds that I want to share with us this morning. The first one is don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20. Don't compare it. See, there is no other way to maturity except through infancy. There's no other way. I'm always gutted about this. I can stand around in prayer meetings and I hear people share their thoughts and they're like, oh, I was just reading the book of Obadiah and I go, oh, I forgot that that's even in there. (laughs) Or like this morning, turn to Zechariah and you're there going, he's making that up. Now people are quoting it off the top of their head and says, oh, thus saith the Lord this. And you're like, oh, I didn't even, is that even, just quickly fact-checking them and you're like, oh no, they're on that, okay. But it's because they've read the Bible more than I've had a chance to read it all. I compare my chapter ones to their chapter 20s, but there is no way to maturity except through our infancy. And, if, and on, I say this all the time, but we don't start at the same place as everyone else, nor do we travel at the same pace. Have you noticed that? But we, we tend to assess ourselves as if we do. Is we all start, even if we start something at the same time, we all assess ourselves based off they're going quicker or I'm going quicker. That's fine, that's them. You do you, your journey, run your race. People get, oh, they've got a head start on me. No, they were born 40 years before you. That's why they know the things of God a little bit more. You will get there if you are faithful in your first chapter. See, I find um, first time gym goers are super guilty at this is that they rock up and they do a workout with the gym veteran <laughs> and they get discouraged that they're not there yet. It's like, don't worry, they've spent years of doing this. But they're discouraged rather than encouraged of what could be. We do this with um, new parents, find this as well. It's like, my kid will not listen to me. Why do your kids listen to you? Little do we know, they still don't. <laughs> <laughs> but at the beginning, you're like, oh, they seem, everything seems to be fine, everything's good. And we start comparing the whole kind of like, this is the first time through this, and the veteran parents are like, don't worry about that, it's all good. It's like, but he's crying, should I go to the hospital? It's like, they always cry, right? We compare our chapter ones to other people's further on chapters. But we do this with all sorts of things. As I said, parenting or learning a new skill or... Uh, particularly in things of our faith, I find reading the Bible, we, we compare where people are at compared to us, going, I don't know, he keeps dropping Greek. Well, spend the money and you'll, you'll be able to do it as well. Spend the time and you'll be able to do it as well with people who are reading, uh, the way that people pray and the miracles that they see when people seem to just have the gift of starting small groups and able to build disciples and see it multiply and raise leaders and you're like, oh, well, I can't do that. It's like, well, especially if you don't begin, you never will. It's the small beginnings of being faithful when no one turns up. I, I was raised by a church planter and the number of times that we went and set up halls and put out chairs for not many people to come. But it was over the time of being faithful, of being faithful in the mustard seed moments that all of a sudden we saw towns start to be changed in the name of Jesus. Because God is the one that brings the big to our little. And when we start tithing and it's, all, it's a pinch, but then you hear stories of other people doing it confidently. Come on, they just know God's faithfulness because they went through infancy, now they've found maturity. But we can't go through life comparing our first chapters to other people's last. And unless we conquer our infancy, we'll never, we'll never experience maturity in the things that God wants us to be mature in. 
We'll never grow in that sense. So we need to run our race, not someone else's. As I said, if you're on the flip side and looking at people's beginning, can you not despise them for their small beginnings? So what Zechariah had to deal with is the older people of their time who had a memory, who knew the stories, who as a child saw the temple when these guys erected theirs and they were proud of it. The youth, they were excited about what they built and the last generation stood there and went, oh, this sucks. This can't be good. This isn't worthy of what God, God was saying. Hey, hang on, no, no, no. I'm setting up something new. This is a new beginning for my people. And I'm using this new beginning to point to what is coming ahead. So I want you to encourage, if you're further along the journey, would you be an encourager to bring people early in their seasons and bring, help them get to maturity? Don't squash them while they're there. It's easy to squash because they're already battling with despising their own beginnings. They don't need someone else to give them permission to despise them. Well, let's be encouragers. Let's pray for them. Let's remind them, hang on, I was small to begin with too, but God took me on my journey. I can't wait to see what He takes you on as well. Let's not be people who help despise the second one is little leads to a lot, but for those who don't despise it. <clears throat> Luke 16, verse 10, it says, if you are faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful in the large ones. But if you are dishonest in the little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. So it turns out in God's eyes, little is a precursor to a lot. You don't just jump to a lot. They don't just have a favourite child that all of a sudden they start ahead. And I discussed last week that it's the faithful or the fruitful people in their season of little, whether it's their little gift or with their little resources or their little effort or their little moments, it's those people who are faithful in their moments of little that, that they are rewarded with what we all wish we started with. We all wish we started more gifted. It's those who are faithful in the little that find out that there is actually more in them than what they thought. We all wish we started at the end of our spiritual journey and more confident in our faith or with more resources and more blessed and more, 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 more. As we find out in God's kingdom, it's like, well, if you can be faithful in the little, don't worry, He'll deal with the more as, as you're faithful. He'll deal with the more as we keep going, as we keep trying, as we keep being, saying yes to Him in the small moments, not just sitting back and waiting for the big ones. I talk to a lot of young people who, who feel God has called them to do great big things. And I've never found people so discontent in the small because God has called, they've got a vision of being here and seeing that and so many people are gonna come and hear me and see me and watch me as I do this for God. And you're like, that's fantastic, but I, I can nearly guarantee you that will never happen if we're not faithful in the small. We have a picture of what our family looks like in the future. And again, with kids, this is the one that hits home is we all know what Christmas wants. Bex talks about having all three of the boys come and their kids and their families and they all come home for Christmas. It's gonna be amazing. Okay, sounds like a full house, but I'm sure it will be amazing. It'll be good. But it's in the little moments right now that will set up whether that happens and looks like that picture or it looks like something else. We have to be faithful in, in these small things. See, I found that significance and power has never changed anyone's character. Not for the better. Lots of money will never fix a person's soul and titles and positions do not come with spiritual upgrades. I thought when I stepped into ministry, I'd have heaps more time to pray. Turns out, it's not the case. 
Turns out my prayer life was still my prayer life regardless of the title that I came with. Turns out that my faithfulness was still an issue regardless of what my responsibilities were in life. And those things don't automatically get fixed. They're our responsibility to keep going. See, faithful with the little. Let's not be frustrated or quit in the small beginning. Let me, I, like, I love the story of, of Noah because what just an awful thing, I think, to be asked to do <laughs> would have been difficult. It's, I'm sending a flood. Cool, what's that? I need you to build a boat. Great, what's that? When is that coming? In a long time. Everyone's ridiculing me. They just keep going. But what could have, he could have done is just dropped a little like Titanic out of the sky and said, just hop on that. But what Noah had to do is go chop down the trees in the forest to build something. He had no idea what it was for an event that he wasn't sure was ever going to happen. But because he was faithful in chopping down the trees and started to construct what God had asked him to construct, and when the time came, all of a sudden, the small beginning, at least family was thankful for. Humanity, his family continued to survive. I look at Joseph, that he was faithful in the prison. When he had all the permission in the world to be a complainer, he was faithful and was joyful and praised God consistently. Come on, he's got the opposite. I keep saying, I've got a spiritual gift of complaining. I complain on behalf of Joseph. I just feel like he's, he, he just missed an opportunity. But he was faithful and praised God in the, in the prison when he stepped up to be ruler, prime minister of the nation. There was no surprise that he was able to be faithful in a lot because he was faithful when there was nothing. I love David, how he's out worshipping solo. He didn't wait for a stage or a crowd or an audience to go, I feel God's calling me to this greatness. He said, I can worship God wherever I am. I wanna be faithful to tend to the sheep, even though I'm rejected and forgotten about in my own family, I'm gonna faithfully serve for my family. I'm gonna faithfully do the things that I know are right. I'm gonna kill the bear when it comes. It's like, well, his family rejected him. They didn't like him. He was, a di- he was different, likely had a different mother. He looked a bit different. Even a lot of people say, and this is not a negative thing, it's just he was different, is that he was likely had red hair. So come on, red hair, man, you were the King David's. But he was pushed away and, despised, and yet he was still, when, when the bear and the lion came and he, they could have just, he just went, yes, take them all. Lamb chops for everyone, there you go. No, he stepped up as a boy and said, bring it on, I'm being faithful in the small in the paddock. And yet a little, little kind of surprise that when he ended up in the palace, he turned into the greatest king that Israel had and still today likened to the kingdom of God. That's when we are faithful. Could you imagine if they quit in the beginnings? What could have happened or what would never have eventuated? See, God is, God is a fan of the small beginnings and we need to realise that there is importance in them. We might not see it and we might not know what is in it, but we will never find the value if we quit in the beginning. And if we try to speed through it, well, we just never get to the next thing. Not in God's timing, not with God's favour. And I found this, that is whatever we despise will never bless us because we always hold it away. The people that we despise, oh, we'll, never be, we'll never find value in them and they'll never, we'll never find a blessing in them because we hold them too far. And the things of God that we despise, the, the, the hard yards, the difficult, the frail, the fragile, the, when we're filled with doubt, when we let our emotions take place, we, if we despise and hold it away, we'll never be blessed by the things of God. 
So not only do we miss out on what God wants to do in us in the beginning, I know the world will miss out on what God does through us in the next seasons. So a little leads to a lot for those who don't despise. The third one is God is already at the end. It's already at the end. Look, in Psalms 139, verse 16 says, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Everything was already written before it one day came to be. Jesus said in Revelations 22, 13, he says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the first and I'm the last. I'm the beginning and I am the end. Not I'm on my way to it. I am. I'm already there. I am the beginning. I'm the start and the finish. And the thing is that there is an end that God leads us towards from the beginning. Our whole life, yes, there is, a, there is an end that God is calling us to. Sometimes we think he's pushing us forward, but I think a more adequate view of it is he's standing at the end going, this is the way. And in all of our smaller seasons, all of our little alphas have an omega that God is already at calling us towards it. When we step out and say yes to God in one area of our life, I'm gonna do this for you. Yes, I'm gonna have a small beginning here in a new relationship, in a new job, in a new season, whatever it might be, every single alpha has an omega with God in it saying, "This come this way. This is where we're going. He's already in the end. And it might not be our idea, it might not look the way we want, it might go in a different direction for a while, but come on, we need to be faithful in knowing that if God is at the end leading me, I'm going to end up where I need to be going. I think a lot of us assume that we have a better plan than what God has. (laughs) And maybe we've got a different idea of what good is and that's where the competing forces come, but I've found that, that what God wants for me is far greater than what I want for me. We need to get on that page of going, well, whatever it is, God, I know what you have for me is greater than what I have for me, so what now? Where are you calling me towards here? Because just like a GPS, in God's eyes, the destination is already set. No matter where you find yourself, the destination is set, and he's going, come back this way. You've got to turn left, go right. No, Chuck Yui here, you've gone the wrong way. Come on, come back. It doesn't get updated, it doesn't get changed. In God's eyes, the masterpiece has been painted. That's why in Ephesians, Paul says, you, you are a masterpiece. It doesn't mean that you look stunning now, but in God's eyes, He sees the finished product. He's looking through the finished work of Jesus and seeing a masterpiece of our life. And the temptation for us is to take the paintbrush off Him and say, can I just make a few edits? Or I don't like the beginning. I don't, like, I don't find the value in the preparation that you're trying to do here, God. I don't like that. I don't feel, I'm uncomfortable to do that. Plenty of conversations about giving this week and people unsure about expressing their worship in that way. It's like, if we just take the paintbrush and go, can I edit this? I don't like the beginning. I don't like the prep. I'm uncomfortable. But what he's looking at is the finished masterpiece going, I know what you, I know what you, I know what you can become. I know through Jesus what I see you as. So would you follow my instruction? Would you follow the tapestry that I'm painting here, the path that I've laid before us. See, Christians who know that God is at the end and that God has the path for us, we have a key, don't we? The key is called moving with the Holy Spirit. There is a word that summarises that, that's nearly like a naughty word these days, 
So just cover your ears. If you, it's obedience. We don't like that one. It's obedience. When we are obedient to what God asks us to do, even without fully understanding why, or how does that work? Or I'm not sure if I need to do that. I don't know if that's for me. I think that might be for you. Even, even when we're there, when God asks us to do something, we can be confident that what He is asking us to do, He's calling us from the end to do it. He's saying that is the, that's the way, that's the path. We know that he, He's got the end in mind, giving us the directions. We're confident of this. He's not making it up. He's not just, here's a rule book, follow that and you'll end up in the zone. No, he's calling us specifically. Come on, take this step, say yes. Take that step, say yes to the things that he's got for you. To have a step of faith in that obedience in the little. So we're confident in the small, knowing that if this is where God wants me to be, I can find joy in it. This is what God wants me to have my hands on. I can find joy in it. Even though it's small, even though it's difficult, even though I'm struggling to do it, I can find joy in it because if God wants me to be here, here, He's calling me from the end. This is important. There is something that He's got here for me, so I'm gonna be faithful now. Rather than try to speed through it and hurry up and rush to the next season, I'm gonna get what I need to get here. And when God calls me forward, man, I'm coming forward. And He moves me to the side, I'm moving to the side. I can be happy in my right now, little mustard seed obedience. See, if we do small things like they're big things, God will do the big things like they're small. And that's our hope, church. So rather than trying to impress God with our bigness, why don't we let Him impress us with His as we are faithful with the small. Let me finish with this encouragement from Philippians 1 verse 6. It says, I'm certain that God who began a good work within you, He's in the beginning. He will continue in the now, His work until it is finally finished at the end. See, God is not just here with us and He wasn't just there before us. He's at our end, calling us towards the end that He's got for us. See, some of us, I think, need to get moving again in order for God to complete something in us. See, stagnation is never a way towards God. In fact, it's a way to drift away. Our movement Movement is the thing that, it's honestly, it's just another word for faith. It's movement, it's action. Some of, I think that some of us need to get moving in our faith again. We need to pick up that Bible again and go, you know what, I might have read it before, but I need to, it needs to read me again. I need to keep moving. I need to get my prayer life. I just need to say yes to God and take a step of faith. I wanna leave a difference in this world. And appearance is not what we're here for. It's a difference that we're here to make. Now, some of us need to stop despising our little mustard seed moments and our mustard seeds obedience going, oh, this is inconsequential. When I do this, nothing changes. When I turn up and just, just greet at the door, nothing impacts except, except is, oh, this is humbling for me to admit, we've got far more testimonies about people encountering Jesus because of people out there than people up here. Oh, it's inconsequential. No, if God is in it, it's not inconsequential, it's powerful and it is internal. Oh, we need to be a people that, that don't despise the small, but we're faithful and obedient in what God has for us in our season. Not despising it. We want God to accomplish the big through us. So, see, I believe if we're more intent and the people of God are intent in being faithful in the little things, we would see God provide more greatly and move 
on our behalf in the bigger things. So let's continue to be faithful in the small because obedience to God draws us one step closer every single time to the one who calls us from the end. So come on church, let's not despise the small beginnings. Let's not despise the mustard seed faith, the little steps of obedience. It is not inconsequential because it's God who does the big through those who are faithful in the little. Now let me pray for you, hey? Father, I thank you that you are a big God and we worship you because you're great. Not because, well, we've just chosen to. Lord, that you're worthy of it. Lord, help us see that that even though we might be small, what you can do in us and through us is transformative, that it brings you glory, that it changes the world around us, that as it compounds with the rest of the church and compounds throughout time in our life, Lord, that it, it does the big things, that you can turn something small into something great. So help us not despise beginnings. Lord, that keep us comfortable in the now. Lord, but I pray that as you're calling us forward into our future, Lord, that we, we are excited, that we are filled with faith to take that step and say yes. Lord, that it would be nervous. It's, it can be, it's gonna cost something. Sure, it might cost a night out a week. It might cost us a little bit of effort, a bit of time, a bit of whatever it is that you're leading us to, Lord. It's, it might cost, but Lord, we're not gonna despise it because it's in the beginnings that you do your work that can only be done there and that lead us into the, a lot. We thank you, Lord. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.au on Facebook or Instagram or head to the highlandschurch.org.au website for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Message Podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.